Hello and welcome to Caffeinated Crime. I'm your host, Annabelle, and my guest today is... Mandy. My mom, aka the best mom ever and my best friend. Like I said, this is Caffeinated Crime, a true crime podcast, and I'm your host, Annabelle, and my guest is my mom today. So, mom, what are you drinking? I'm drinking London Fog today. Yes. Who made that for you? Made by my favorite barista. Yes. Annabelle. Yes. Leona, her highness. And I am drinking a peach Red Bull. And it's really good. But yeah, so... This Red Bull is delicious, made with coconut milk. The Red Bull is? Oh, did I say Red Bull? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> London Fog. <laughs> it's fine, I can edit it out. But... Yeah, today, if you have seen the title, we're going to be talking about Tar Calico, which is really exciting, and the reason I have my beloved mom on is because she was actually alive during that time, so you would have been nine? No, she went missing in 1988, so yeah, you would have been nine. 88, I would have been nine, yes, and I'm thinking when I first heard about, um... This particular oh um, case, I it would have maybe been a couple of years after it actually happened, so maybe like in 1990, okay. on Unsolved Mysteries. Okay, nice. Nice. Was there anything, like, do you remember anything specific about it? I vividly remember, like, pretty much the whole episode. Okay. Um, I watched a lot of Unsolved Mysteries, which now, thinking back to it, I'm like, at nine years old... <laughs> Even 11, like, I was watching Unsolved Mysteries pretty regularly. That's funny. I love that. So I think you that... You sound like me. Yeah. I was maybe a little young to be watching that, and it this particular case really haunted me, mm-hmm. which I think is part of the reason that you yeah. had me as of, your first guest. Yes. Was it because of the photo? Was that the reason it... Um, Yes, mm-hmm. it was, but really, like, just the whole thing, like, with the van. Yes. And now mm-hmm. I'll never look at a windowless white <laughs> van the same ever again. Yeah. For how many years ago was that? Like, lots. Lots. Like, yeah. Almost 30, 35. Five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, crazy. So, we're just going to dive right into the case, and we're, we're pretty excited about it. So, um, Exciting. Kids locked up in a van. <laughs> Love you. Um, okay. So, um, Tara Lay, I mm-hmm. think was her middle name. Um, it was either Lay or Lee. I, I don't remember. Oh, L-E-I-G-H. Uh-huh. Yeah, Lee. It is Lee? Okay. Yeah. Which is, ironically, my middle name. But yours is spelled differently, right? It is, but my mom wanted to spell it L-E-I-G-H. Really? Yes. But then my dad said no, because it would be too much, like people would think it was Lay. Oh, well, that's ironic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's, I bet it's Tara Lee. Yeah. I bet, it, that I bet makes that's sense. it. Tara Lee Calico was born on February 28th, 1969. So you were pretty much. So she was 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. She was 10 years older than you and like a few months. So. Yeah. Not um, even, not yeah. even two full months. So she was born to, she was born to Patty Dole and David Calico. Her stepfather, John Dole, um, had, like, wasn't her biological father, obviously, since I just said that, but um, was, like, pretty much her father. He stood in as her father. Mm. Um, Her biological father wasn't part of her life, as it seemed, so when her mother got remarried to John, he stepped in and took that role, which I always love that. When, like, a biological father doesn't come, so, like, a stepfather comes in, like, it always makes me so happy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a big deal for somebody mm-hmm. to take on a role they don't have to. Yeah, exactly. And it it's seen and said in many places that he was her father and that there wasn't a problem with their relationship at all. Like, he, she called him dad and they were really close and, yeah, all that. But I can see why maybe, like, later on in the case, there might be some questions raised oh, totally. mm-hmm. about what happened to him yeah. or her regarding him. 100%. Because yeah. that does happen, unfortunately. Exactly. Well, when I started researching, I was like, did they ever investigate him? And then I, 
I was researching more. And I was like, oh, he's literally such a great guy. He he loved her like a daughter. So, But he was a suspect at one point, wasn't he? Like, I think so. I didn't find anything. I think he was cleared pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. But I didn't find anything like super incriminating on him, right. which is a relief. Yeah. Um. So she had, anyways, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. Um. So she had two siblings, uh, Michael, nope, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Dole, her sister, and Chris Calico, her brother. Her brother isn't talked about as much, um, but her sister actually really took her case on and made it famous um, when her mother had died because her mother died in 2006. Complications <laughs> from a series of strokes. Oh, um, that's too bad. Yeah. So, But, I mean, it was talked about... I mean, if it was on Unsolved Mysteries, I it had to be yeah. like a pretty big case. It was a very famous case from what I could find. So, but then the sister made it a bigger deal in 2006. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, her sister was working with her mother, but then once um once her mother died, um she made it an even bigger deal and they actually have a whole documentary about it now. Oh, really? With um you would know who so there's this guy apparently who was the producer. I don't remember his name, but he was in Breaking Bad. And he actually was the producer of this documentary. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so... What's it called? Vanished, the Tara Calico Mystery. Is it on Netflix? No, I couldn't find it. I think you have to, like, buy it or something. But there's a podcast, so I'm probably going to listen to it at some point. Oh, yeah. I was going to listen to it for research for this, but then mm-hmm. I just forgot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so to... First of all, Tara was so beautiful. Have you seen pictures of her? Well, just the one in the van. I'll show it to you. Which is not pretty. It's all that comes up on my... (laughs) Like, this is all that comes up anymore. She was so pretty. Yeah, she Like, the cute little bangs. She was kind of like a quintessential 80s girl. Uh Uh-huh. Like, oh, it makes me so sad. This is kind of like the famous picture of her. Mm -hmm. This and this one. But yeah, she was... It is really sad. She she was 19, right? Yep, she was 19. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to describe her a little bit, Tara was outdoorsy, athletic. I spelt that so wrong. <laughs> Look at that. And <laughs> No, you just missed the vowels. Yep. Besides that I and the A, thankfully. Um, and she was always ready to go on a hike or a run. Um, and then it said that she was also insanely intelligent, which mm. makes me really jealous. Um, <laughs> she was studying psychology at New Mexico University, and it said that it, she kept her GPA above 3.9 the entire first semester. Wow. Which is really crazy, especially studying something like psychology. I feel like that'd yeah. be, like, really draining. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was always organized and always had a to-do list and she always had a routine and stuck very much to it so she's kind of like you in that way you have a routine and make lists and stuff mm-hmm. yeah. I, it was funny I was I don't ride my bike though yeah you're right you don't ride your bike as much as you should <laughs> neither do I though <laughs> I don't even have a bike <laughs> um but maybe that's why you don't ride it oh good job mom <laughs> Um, basically a detective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was weird because every, um, every time like I would find out new facts about Tara, I would always feel like they were kind of similar to you or like, I don't know. I just saw so many similarities between you guys. Like you kind of look a little like you were born at this. I mean, she's 10 years older than you, <laughs> but still, I, I don't know why, but I was like, this is my mom. But anyways. I did have bangs like that. You did? They were kind of floofy and... They're cute. Yeah. I'm sure you'd make it work. Okay. Thanks. Um, where was I? Oh, and every day she went on the same bike ride. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long the bike ride was? A couple hours, I think. It was 36 miles. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a road bike. Yep. Well, actually, it was a, ro- it was a, a road trail, but she rode a mountain bike. I thought it was a road bike because I thought I saw pictures, but you would probably be more familiar. It was, it, at least I picture it in my head because I think about that case, and uh-huh. there's certain things I picture, and I feel like I seen a photograph, but I must be wrong. And th- when what year was this? Eighty eight. Yeah. 
See, mountain bikes were not really a thing. Okay. Um, her mother also went on these bike rides with her, but in recent days, she had actually decided that she wasn't going to go along anymore because she had noticed someone following them on So the then bike she was ride. just going to leave her alone? Well, her, she was 19. Like, she couldn't do anything about it. But, but the mom was like, I noticed somebody following you, so I'm not going to go anymore? I'm confused. Yeah. Like, she just felt unsafe. The mom? Yeah. And so, but she still let her daughter go. She was 19. Yeah, she couldn't still, do anything about it. I would have been like, I'm going to go with you to keep you safe. Yeah, I guess. Well, I guess that's, they didn't really think of it. Or I would have been like, take a different route or mm-hmm. do something different. Yeah. If she felt it was unsafe, I just don't see how you would be like, yeah, but you go ahead and go. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. It's as a mom. Yeah. Like you're 18. But still. You, like, let's think about that just from a mother-daughter perspective. Mm-hmm. If we were going on bike rides or a walk and somebody was following us and then I just let you go alone. Doesn't I mean, that it sound was crazy? A, it was a really busy road. Like, it was a highway. That sounds dangerous, too. <laughs> Mom. I'm serious. <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyways, um, in the days earlier, uh, Tara's bike actually had gotten a flat tire. So on September 20th, 1988, she asked her mom if she could borrow her bike. And Patty was like, yeah, of course. And so maybe she had a road bike. Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was oh, oh, okay, okay. Um, she left the house and her family never spoke to her again. <gasps> so sad. I know. She was like, left the house. Love you, mom. Love you, dad. Nothing more. Like, insane. Um... Witness statements say that they saw her on their on her bike and that a 1953 Ford truck may have been following her. And I couldn't find exact timestamps for that, but I've heard in a few different podcasts that it was, like, at noon. That it was the last time they had saw her. Mm-hmm. Or maybe 1130, sorry. Because she had left in the morning. Yep, she left at 9. Okay. And interestingly enough... Interestingly enough, Tara did have a date with her boyfriend to play tennis at 12.30. So, bike riding, tennis. I know, right? Super athlete. So she would have, um, she would, so she would do her bike ride, come back and change to drive to meet her boyfriend, um, at the tennis courts. And it said that she even had her tennis outfit, like, set out already on the bed. Because she was organized. uh Uh-huh. Um, but as we know, she did not come back when she left that morning. Um, so when she wasn't back in time, her parents freaked, respectively, respectively. And ironically, Tara had told her parents that if she doesn't come back, she, uh, she could have gotten another flat tire and come looking for her. Jokingly, of course. But she was like, okay, mom, I might have gotten another flat tire. Like, which is so, like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so Patty drove the route, the 36-mile route, twice, and there was nothing. So she drove home, and yet nothing. And I'm assuming, like, she came home and was like, okay, I missed her. Like, I just missed her. She got back a little late. Like, it's fine. I think if I was in her shoes, I'd just be like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. I'm overthinking this. It's fine. It's fine. But she was not. Yeah, but you're not a mom. Yeah. As a mom, like, yeah, you would be saying that. But, but you wouldn't be thinking it? I would be, like, 100% panicking. It would be the most horrible feeling. Really? Yeah. Well, that time that you ran away to Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> and you were just gone for, like, an hour. And I was sure that you were gone forever. And it was oh horribly gosh. upsetting. Did you think I had ran away forever or that somebody had, like, kidnapped me? I thought you'd ran away and then somebody kidnapped you. Oh, a mixture. Mm-hmm. Yes. Interesting. It's both. Well, Tara... Either way, you were dead. Like, you weren't <laughs> coming home. And I was so worried. Oh, my God. Well, I was thinking about that the other day, and I was, like, thinking about all the texts that I sent you. <laughs> like, please come home. Mm-hmm. Why are you not home? I'm going to call the police. Yeah. And it was just downstairs on the couch. Yep. Your phone. <laughs> yeah. 
I left okay. it there so you wouldn't track me. Right. I know. Well, I tracked you immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but they didn't have phones back in 1988. Yeah, which is sad. Well, not cell phones. Yep. But. Or um, tracking things. Okay. So she drove home. Nothing. And at this point, she attempt. I'm assuming they tried. Like, again, they tried to be like, okay. Like, she wasn't kidnapped. Like, I'm sure that wasn't their first thought. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling a little sick to my stomach, though, about how, like, trying to think about how she's feeling in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, Patty? I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't, I don't know, I well, can't I'm wrap right my here. mind. I and know. Tamer's right downstairs, yes. and so is Becca. <laughs> um, but they did start to call hospitals, thinking she may have gotten in an accident, like a yeah. car could have hit her, or she fell or something, and there was nothing, of course. Yeah. Um... So she was officially pronounced missing the same day, which is super... That is unusual. Unusual. But maybe it was more common back then. Like, was it a small town? I can't remember. Belene? Um, let me look up. Well, right now, the population is 7,400. Oh, so it is. It's a very small town. And I mean... Yeah, so... Yeah, so it was... In 1990, it was around just... So I'm assuming it was like 5,000 people. Okay, so maybe. really small town. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. And it's like, actually... people would know mm-hmm. that she, you know, know what kind of person she was, that she wasn't going to run away. And I've heard people say that, like, they're, all their neighbors went looking for her. Everyone mm-hmm. got, mm-hmm. um, started looking for her. But... Oh, that's crazy. I didn't realize that. It is interesting because technically you do have to wait 24 hours to right. file so, a missing person. Especially support. because she was an adult and mm-hmm. not a child. Yep. So that's really interesting. But yeah, do you, so do you remember that day at all? I just remember the, the highlights, if you will, of the episode. Okay, so, and, but that was years later. That was a few I'm years I'm guessing later. it was, I, I really don't remember, but I'm guessing it was two or three years later just because it wouldn't immediately be on Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, totally. Um... Yep. So Patty and John got the police involved, obviously, and they started the investigation right away. And like I said, neighbors helped, classmates helped. Um, All of them was like there was nothing. And actually, I heard from a few different websites and articles that it rained that night. Mm. So it like most likely um, destroyed a lot of the scene that could have had. Sure. Like any evidence. Mm hmm. But they did find a site on Highway 47, which was where her bike ride was, that indicated a struggle. A mm. bike and tire tracks and a broken part of a Walkman. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah, because she had her Walkman with a Boston C- uh, tape in it. I almost mm. said CD. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then they found the tape too, right? Yep. They found the tape closer to the house. Oh. And then they found like the clear part mm-hmm. um, that like shows the tape in it or whatever oh yeah like the Um, face of the mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's the only part they found Mm. they didn't find any other parts of it that is weird Uh uh-huh but of course they kept searching and soon they lost hope and it became a cold case rather quickly um of course her parents didn't want it to die and so they um they kept researching they kept looking and stuff and they kept in pretty close contact with the police and they actually I don't have this in here but they actually at some point became deputized so that they could oh, be closer to her case I feel like I knew that would you have told me that before maybe I think so yeah and so what about like did they get the FBI involved or anything like that after they found the photo that's when the FBI got involved oh okay okay mm-hmm. yep but until did Spencer Reed come I wish. <laughs> um, he wasn't even born then. Because he's supposed to be like 23. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, He's like yeah. a 1992 yeah. or something. That's sad that I know in that. that. In that in that show. Spencer Reed. Yeah. Well, but not Matthew Greg Rubler. No, he's older than you. I, oh, old. He does not look that old. I Now he does. Oh, that's a terrible picture. That is a really bad that's picture. his hair. Seriously, Matthew Gray. This is him now. And actually, the hair's not bad in that photo. Yeah, he, he does look a little older, but not not really. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's so beautiful. I love him. It's just like his goofiness. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, look at that smile. Oh, I love this picture of him. 
Yeah, that his shorter hair looks nice. His shorter hair does look better, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah, we are. Did he did not show up no, at because he is a fictional character. Right. Um Okay. Um so this is straight from the FBI website. Officially. Um, Calico was last seen riding a neon pink Huffy mountain bike with yellow control cables and sidewalls. Do you know what that means? <laughs> sidewalls? Um. Oh, like to cover up the hole in the middle? I think it has to do with the tire. Oh. Like it's over the tire. I'm not Maybe sure. we should ask dad. Yeah, we should. But that had to have been a pretty fancy bike mm-hmm. at that time. Because but also I mean, she's sorry, go ahead. I mean she's older. But back in those days, like a banana seat bike was kind of the norm for real. Mm-hmm. Um and then trying to think of I probably was about ten when we went to Pomida and they had these red and silver um ten speed bikes mm-hmm. and that was the bike that I had to have. It was the most gorgeous bike on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. And there really wasn't, like, there there weren't really mountain bikes very much. Mm-hmm. But then, maybe when I was 12, I won a fundraising competition and I, I won first place. I raised the most money and I won a mountain bike. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, a Schwinn mountain bike. And it was, like... That was a really big deal. Wow. Yeah. I mean, to get a mountain bike. Mountain bikes were kind of a new thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Newer. Also. To, it, like, the mainstream public. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that she would have a really nice bike, considering that she went on a 36-mile bike ride every day. Well, that's true. That's why it makes me really think that it was a mountain, or a, a, a road, road bike, because you take longer rides on a road bike, but I don't know. What do I know? Yeah. And that was also her mom's bike. Remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, um, okay, um, she was wearing a white t-shirt with First National Bank of Belen, which I think it's, is it Belen or Belen? I don't know. We're gonna go with a Belen. Okay. Which is where she worked. Um. At the bank. Yes. Okay. Um, she was wearing a white t-shirt with First National Bank of Belen on it. Um, it was a size medium, if you wanted to know. Uh, with white shirt, with white shorts with green stripes on them, with yes. ankle socks and white and turquoise Avia tennis shoes, which sounds very 80s. Mm-hmm. She was also wearing a gold butterfly ring with a diamond insert, a gold amethyst ring, and half-inch gold hoop earrings, which sounds like something I would wear, let's be honest. Like, the shoes. Yeah. Totally. And the rings. Mm-hmm. And the shirt. Like, just, I mean, that's just a t-shirt. I don't see you putting in earrings for a bike ride, though. No, I've always thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. Like, she's wearing earrings, but maybe they were, like, just tiny ones, and she just slept with them in. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe she wore them all the time. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, people didn't wear helmets. That's so unsafe. Well, that was just the way it was. I never wore a helmet growing up. Rode my bike all over town. Really? I didn't even own one. Wasn't even wow. a consideration. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Well, she should have been wearing a helmet. Anyways. I think she still would have been kidnapped. Probably. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I already read that. Uh, but since we know I switched some things up. <laughs> Oops. Since we know that I switched some things up. <laughs> Um, like I said earlier, Pat and John got the police involved right away. They found the site of the struggle and it quickly became a cold case. And again, as we know, apparently that's my favorite new saying, um, this case would be opened very, reopened very soon and become very prominent. About a year later, on July 28th, 1989, John reported a photo that had been brought to his attention by a family friend. Apparently, this photo had been featured on a TV show called A Current Affair. Pause. Do you know that show? Mm-hmm. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've never heard of it. What's Is it just like a true crime show? Yeah. Okay. Did I you watch it so. ever? Yeah. 
I feel like I did. I mean, I didn't watch it regularly, like Unsolved Mysteries, which was on Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> but I did, I you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I watched it. Yep. So this photo was, um, I just want to make sure the sound's okay. I think we might be being a little bit quiet, but it's okay. So it was uh, featured on a TV show called A Current Affair. And John and Patty saw this Polaroid and were immediately shocked to see that, uh, to see what looked like a carbon copy of their daughter staring back at them. Um, which here's the photo. Yeah, so haunting. <laughs> um, do you remember the first time you saw it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, on the on the show. On the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Um, I don't know. It was just very disturbing and upsetting. And you think, oh my gosh, are they still alive? Are they still on the back of a windowless van yeah and then I think that in my mind like every time I saw a white windowless van I would think what if they're in there mm-hmm. like I uh, should should I go like knock on the window and say Tara are you in there <laughs> and like I don't know why I think that little boy's name is Jacob or something is there some kind of there was a Jacob that went missing Jacob Fisher does that sound like I don't know because I'm old and forgetful but that's okay I'm pretty sure that he was a kid that was missing and so maybe that's why I gave him that name I don't know but anyway it's um the clothing does not fit her description of what she was wearing that day but this was how long was this later like about well okay September October November December January February, March, April, May, June, July. Uh, it's like 11 months, 11 almost months. a year. Okay, wow. So I guess, well, I don't she know. She probably would have changed by then. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Um, but no, as far as the picture is concerned, like however many years it's been, 30-some or whatever we said, I still remember it. Mm-hmm. Like. It's not like you remember every show that you've ever watched. And I watched a lot of Unsolved Mysteries, and this is the only one that I vividly remember. Because it it is upsetting and totally. shocking mm-hmm. to see that, and it's just weird. Yeah. Um, so if you have not seen the photo, it's a picture of a older girl, probably probably a teenager, youngest could be 17 right yeah i mean maybe 16 but yeah probably. yeah maybe and but yeah i would say like 17 21 mm-hmm. like that'd be my age range yeah 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 definitely um which tara was 19 when she went missing and she would have been 20 by this time mm-hmm. um and she's laying on top of like it looks like a few blankets and pillows and there's a book beside her and behind her is a little boy, six to seven, do you think? Yeah, maybe probably eight. maybe eight at the oldest. Yeah. Um, and they both have duct tape, black duct tape over their mouth, and they it looks like they are bound. Mm-hmm. Um, their wrists and their ankles, it looks like. Yeah. yeah. I never thought about the ankles. You're right. Yeah, but the way she's holding her legs make you think mm-hmm. that. It is interesting, though, because she looks... She doesn't look super tightly bound, in my opinion. Mm-mm. No. Like, Not, like super, super, but... Because, I don't know, if I've... Have you ever, like, laid on your hands like this? Yeah. Because I feel like that's what it looks more like, rather... Which, of course, she could just be loosely bound, but that's mm-hmm. something they talk about, yeah. talked about on Morbid. So. Oh, sure. No, I can see what you are saying mm-hmm. by that. Um, He looks more tightly bound, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. But, um... I can't even look at look at it for too long. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Um, also, the book, ironically, was found out that it was her favorite author. That oh, that book was written by. That's um, interesting. Which now I can't see it, but um, it was also a very popular author, so it wasn't super uncommon. Mm. But um, another thing is, which I didn't research this, but apparently there's a phone number on the spine of the book. Oh. And it that could... they, like, zoomed in and looked at. Mm-hmm. It could be up to 2,000 possibilities. Oh, gosh. Um, so they didn't research it that much, which makes sense. 2,000 possibilities mm-hmm. is a lot. 
I don't know, not too many if you're talking about finding yeah. two people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd be like, I'll call all 2,000 of them. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like you only make a phone call. You have to exactly investigate, too. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Um, but they didn't know all the numbers. Mm. So that could have probably been part of it. But anyways, um, this photo was found in a parking lot of a convenience store in Port St. Joe, Florida. Which, that's such a complicated name. <laughs> Port St. Joe. <laughs> like, just say St. Joe or Port Joe. But Port St. Joe. Port St. Joe. Um, okay, so they she was from New Mexico. Bella in New Mexico, yes. She went missing in New Mexico. Yes. This photo was found in Florida. Yep, panhandle okay. of Florida. Port St. Joe. Okay, oh wow, okay. Um, this photo was found in Florida, like I said, by a woman who reported to the police right away. And she later mentioned that she had taken notice of the fact that there was, um, there it is. Of the fact that there was, in fact, <laughs> a white van in the parking lot um, that was gone when she had come back. And the photo was in the parking spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, yeah. I remember that. Um, something authorities figured out right away was that this photo could not have been taken earlier than May of that same year. Polaroid actually was contacted, like the company. Oh. And it confirmed that this type of Polaroid is like a Polaroid print. Yeah. Is that like, okay. Yeah, like one of those little pictures that comes out of the mm-hmm. camera. Uh, had just been um, just been made and put out to be sold really? that May. So it couldn't have been taken any earlier than that. Okay, interesting. Um, this photo was inge- inve- investigated by three different institutions, Scotland Yard, the FBI, and the Valencia County Sheriff's Department, which was the county that Tara had lived, Tara had lived and disappeared from. Right, okay. Uh, Scotland Yard believed that the girl in the photo was, in fact, Tara. Mm. Um, the FBI believed that it was not her, and the Sheriff's Department was not sure. So, all three of these institutions disagreed. Um, and I just think that's so funny, because it's the FBI and Scotland Yard. Right, Like, right. how much more official can you get? Right, not much. You're not really tired, all. aren't you? Yeah, that's okay. okay. My London fog has not kicked in yet. Oh, okay. It's... Um, and Patty Dole, her mother, believed that it was her until she died. Yeah. In- and if you're going to trust anybody, I would say trust a mom. Now, mm-hmm. there is part of me that says also, like, you want to, you believe what you want to believe. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm sure that she was clinging to the hope that her daughter was alive and that that was her. But you can see her face. Yeah. Like, how how would you not? But also her mouth's covered. Yeah, but if your mouth were covered, I would still know it was you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, okay, so the little boy in the picture, that's mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about next. Not very much. But little in the boy in the picture has never been identified, but was speculated to be a young boy that had gone missing, Michael Henley. Oh, okay. Did you ever know about that? I don't remember. Um, but actually... Sadly, his body was found later that year oh. with a cause of death believed to be exposure. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. He had a, I can't remember exactly, but he had went on a fishing trip with his dad and got lost. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how long, like, from the time that that picture was found and his death, like, what's the time frame? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Um. So, yeah, uh, this, by the way, this is the part where I get mad. Oh. Um, because some things, in my opinion, weren't handled exactly correctly mm-hmm. and would have been handled differently if a better police department mm-hmm. or a more experienced police department. <laughs> no, I can't sure, even say that. Sure, but also you have to consider the year that it was and that they didn't have the resources. What I'm about to talk about is in oh. 2013. Okay. So, just by the way. Okay. But, um, yeah, this, it was just... It's annoying. I'll just get into it. Okay. This case was opened again in 2013 by Renea, Renee Rivera, who had been the lead investigator on, um, on this case since the day she had gone missing. Um, and he stated that he knew what had happened to Tara, who had killed her, and where she might be. And he publicly announced this. Who, who was this? Renee Rivera. Oh, that's a he. Yes, yes. Okay. Um... 
but couldn't make an arrest due to lack of evidence. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. it's true. Like, if it's just circumstantial and not hard evidence. He had a confession. Well. He had three confessions. Oh, well. Could he, like... <laughs> yeah. But he also wouldn't announce what happened. Which is... Like... He wouldn't say what happened to mm-hmm. her. Yeah. Which is so sad. Like, you're going to publicly announce this to John, John Dole, Tara's stepfather, to Michael, Michelle, why do I keep saying Michael? Michelle Dole, her sister, mm-hmm. and Chris Calico, her brother. Like, can you imagine someone saying, we know exactly how Anna died, we know where she is, we know who could have killed her, but we're not going to say who, where, or why. No, that I would probably want to stab them. Exactly. Um, so yeah, Tara's stepfather was infuriated, rightly so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so later it kind of came out that some classmates of Tara's were following her on her bike ride and hit her with their truck, either on accident or on purpose. It's Mm. never been, um, found out which one it was. And when she was injured but not dead, they killed her in panic Mm. and put her in the body, put her body in the truck. And drove her to an undisclosed location to bury her body. Um, supposedly, there had been two men to come forward and confessed that they had been in the truck when this happened. Hmm. Uh, but their names, we have no idea who they are. Um, we And when was this that this happened? So he announced this in 2013, but I don't actually oh, okay. know when they came and confessed. Okay. Um, but the smoking gun was actually a deathbed confession. Oh. Yeah. Which. Interesting. If we're going to talk about a deathbed confession, it's interesting because why would you lie on your deathbed? Yeah. Like. Exactly. No, he wanted to get it off his chest before mm -hmm. he died. Off his conscience or whatever. So, from Henry Brown. And this is from an article, this whole section, because I knew I wouldn't say it as well. But also we're almost done, by the way. Okay. Okay, from Henry Brown, as reported by True Crimes Times, True Crime Times, that's hard to say, mm-hmm. uh, Brown said, Leroy Chavez, Lawrence Romero Jr., and Dave Silva told him that they had hit Calico with a truck while she was drive- uh, while she was riding her bike. Then they drove her to a gravel pit, uh, trigger warning, uh, where they took turns raping her. Ah! And when she threatened to go to the authorities, Chavez and Silva reportedly held her down while Lawrence Romero Jr. stabbed her to death. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but they never found her body. Yeah, so... did He He didn't say where the body was? He didn't know. Oh. Because, so apparently, he had just been hanging out with them. He was, like, their friends, but he wasn't there that night. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, they didn't tell him that, but... So they confessed to him that they had hit her with his his truck, that they had raped her, and that they had killed her, but they didn't say where she was. Mm, Okay, okay. And they obviously threatened him. Like, if you ever tell anybody about this, we'll kill you. Yeah. So we talk about this before because this sounds familiar to me. Probably. Um. Do you need to go hold dad? Well, he's fine for a little bit. Okay. Um, and so, he was obviously fine. Um, that's not what I meant to say. (laughs) Um, he was obviously very scared for his life. Is that a black emoji? It is. (laughs) My dad's an idiot. Um, but yeah, now to talk about Lawrence Romero Sr. Um, he was the former sheriff at Valencia County Sheriff's Department. And it said that he covered this up for his son. Mm. Uh, Lawrence Romero Jr. is dead, and he was. Oh, now I hear it. You I do? Didn't, I didn't hear it at all before. I wonder if that other one's dead, and you had this other oh. one in. Oh, that's possible. But either way, it's not a big deal. It's, it's okay. just to to regulate. So, and you okay. it seemed fine. Okay. Also, I put your phone on silent, BTW. Oh, thank you. Yep. Um, okay. So we talked about Romero. Lawrence Romero Sr. was the former sheriff 
in Valencia kind of mm-hmm. Valencia County. Um, so it said that he covered it up for his son, right. which apparently Lawrence Romero Jr. was a bad kid. Like mm-hmm. he always got caught doing things, and his dad always covered up for covered him. it up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, That's too bad. Lawrence Romero Jr. is dead. Uh, he was found dead on May nineteenth, nineteen ninety one. Um, so that's not very long after everything even happened. Yeah. So, um, w- w- how old was he? Same age as her. Okay. He's in the same class as her. So he was he was young. Like, yeah. Um. What I'm happened? T- how did he die? He supposedly killed himself. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not totally sure if that's an accurate date because I could only find one thing, and it was all over the place. It was a newspaper, and it said it was from June 20th, or July 20th, but they said they found his body on May 19th, so it was all over the place. Okay. So, and they didn't say the year, but I did find the date on the newspaper, and that was, uh... July 20th, 1991. Mm -hmm. But after after he was found dead and his death certificate came out saying that he had killed himself, his dad tried to change the cause of death on his death certificate um, from suicide to an accidental shooting because he was found shot in the the head. Okay. Um, Which... I think it's really interesting, like really random. Like, why would you try to change? Like, well, I don't think that's super uncommon. Really, because I suppose there is some shame associated with your child taking their own life. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I know some people will have that change for religious purposes. Mm, I've heard that before. Yeah, I have heard that too. Yeah. But um, I just thought that was ironic. Because if he were to have killed himself, I'm assuming it's due to a guilty conscience. Right, right. Yeah, that probably had something to do with it. Or, I mean, obviously, if you are injuring a person, an innocent person, well, anybody, and then taking turns raping them with your friends, you're not mentally okay. Okay. Yeah. Or stable. And so maybe he had some mental problems. Yeah, you're right. But on, so... Or some psychological problems. Mm Mm-hmm. Lawrence Romero Sr. was basically saying that he, um, he died of, like, Russian roulette. Okay. Which is kind of weird, but whatever. But maybe just being stupid again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, he could, if he was just, like, messing around being stupid with his friends or something. Totally. You know, maybe they could, he could have justified changing it. Yeah, definitely. Which... Makes sense. Um, but yeah, to this day, this her case is unsolved and he's currently open. Um, it is open. Yep. Wow. And there are so many theories and different thoughts on this case. And it's really, really interesting. Hmm. So yeah. What do you think happened? Well, I don't know if I had heard about that, the confession mm-hmm. from the, the guy on his deathbed. That definitely... Sounds really suspicious. I mean, it sounds... Totally. And it sounds also like it's terrible, and I hate thinking this, but it sounds more likely, especially in a really small town... Totally. Something like that happening, as opposed to someone kidnapping her and taking her in a van for a year and keeping her alive in the back of a van, Um, which, of course, doesn't necessarily where the picture was even taken it just was kind of speculated i think that that was the case um but yeah i think that they should look in all the gravel what was it like a gravel yard or something that they said they dumped they they didn't know yeah they didn't know i must i think it was said that they were probably blackout drunk if Mm. i'm being totally honest okay um so they probably don't remember right right okay well, but it makes you think that her body has to be somewhere. Exactly. In dig it up, dig up the entire town if you have to. Right. Yeah. Like, um. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I think that probably like realistically makes more sense. But then you do really, really wonder about that photo. Oh my gosh. And it looks exactly like her. Yeah. So maybe it was totally somebody different, which is what what the FBI thought, right? That it wasn't her. Oh no, they didn't They thought it wasn't her. Scotland Yard thought it was. Right. Um and maybe it was somebody, I mean, I don't know, either way, it's a terror, like that picture super, mm -hmm. um, And if it wasn't disturbing. her, who was it? Yeah, like, yeah, right. And there's, it, it's still a person. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that little boy, too. So, and the little boy, they couldn't confirm who he was either, right? But the other missing boy, they ended up finding. Michael so, Henley. Michael yeah. Henley. So it wasn't necessarily the same kid yeah like they kind of ruled out that that was him in the back of that van or, yeah I mean, it, it so was not him okay because right. he was found a few miles away from where he was last seen mm -hmm. yeah and I his mean, cause of death was exposure right so that really does make me think that it probably they're probably two different cases but i think forever they'll be like connected totally because that's the photo that made her case go wild right right yeah <sighs> so sad but it is sad yeah it is sad and you i think it's the most sad for the families that don't have closure like that you yep. can't have you can't know what happened mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. yeah just i just sorry go ahead yeah from like a mother's perspective yeah. again like I can't I can't even wrap my mind around how awful that must be to live your entire life like the remainder of her life was spent I would imagine that she would think about that every day yeah well again no, no, like no, I would they talk about this on morbid which is where I got most of my information mm-hmm go listen to Shut at up. morbid podcast.com <laughs> 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 Shout out to Morbid. Yeah, because they're not Ashley even as big Elena. as us, obviously. Duh. Yeah. Elena Urquhart, I love you so much. <laughs> Anyways. Um, you love Ash, too. Yeah, I know, but Elena's like my girl. Oh. Elena's my idol. Oh, okay. I'm going into the same profession as her, maybe. Well, that's true. And she's a writer. But I love you, too, Ash, and I'm so excited for you and Drew, and you're going to have a beautiful wedding. Oh, they're getting married. They're getting married while we're in... Uh, Italy. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I think so. Maybe I'm getting... Oh, I think I might be getting that mixed up with Christine. Maybe and they're getting married in Italy and we could go to their wedding. If we got... In... Ash, hear me out. <laughs> <laughs> if you invited me to your wedding, I, my life would be complete. Period. <laughs> Period. Yeah. <laughs> End of story. Anyways, <laughs> on that note, um, that's where I got most of my information. And what they said is, um, like, how do you sleep? How do you go to bed? Yeah. How do you get in bed? And I'm like, okay, do you have dreams? Mm -hmm. Like, do you dream about your daughter? Yes. Yeah. And imagine, like, I dream say. about <laughs> Noah, who I nannied for, <laughs> that is still alive and well, but I miss him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You also dream about Abram. That's true. And him marrying me. I love him. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, did I tell you how disappointed he was when I didn't bring him his Twinkies? <laughs> how, how do you go to sleep? Uh -huh. And no. how do you make it through your day? You don't. It, yeah, I just, like, Patty like must have been. slowly die yeah. inside. I don't know. I don't like to talk about it because it's so disturbing. Well, I'm right here. I know, but still, like, I, my Feel heart her hurts pains. for any moms that lose their children. Mm -hmm. Like, to, to lose a child is the worst kind of pain, but then to lose them and have this tiny hope that they might not be dead, but at the same time, what if they're suffering? And I would rather that my children, if they were gone, that they were dead, than that they were being held against their will and suffering. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I, 
I saw this thing a long time ago, referring to Marvel, actually, and it was, like, for kids without parents, there's orphan, that's the term, mm-hmm. but for parents who lose their kids, like, there isn't a term for that. Right, right. And it's just devastation. Right. Like. Yeah, I don't think that there's a good enough word for mm-mm. how terrible it would be, but anyway. <sighs> Yeah, well, thank you so much for talking with me about this. Thank you for having me. Of course. It was fun. Yeah, well, cheers. Cheers. Hopefully I don't stay awake tonight. Fingers crossed. Yeah. You probably won't. Yeah, I'll be fine. Take some melatonin. We'll be right out. But yeah, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, If we have any listeners, (laughs) Tori is going to be like, go Anna. Who's Tori? Miss S. Oh, it's, yes. Well, since we're basically related now, I have to call her Tori. Oh, makes sense. Yes. Yes. I told her about this. I was like, yeah, actually, I'm starting a podcast. And she's like, oh my God, what is this called? And I was like, oh, this is what it's called. And she was like, she was like, oh, I made an Instagram for it too. And she's like, follow me. I'll follow you right back. And she did. Oh, <laughs> so, that was nice. Yeah. Yay. Hey, Miss S. <laughs> um, our one, our one listener. Yes. Brie will listen. I'll listen. Okay. Dad will listen. He might, yeah. Becca will listen. So we have Tori, Becca, Uh Dad, Tabor, because... Yeah, I wouldn't hold that in you. Becca would make Tabor listen to it. Yeah, okay. Bree. That's true. He would... She would make him. Yeah. That's five right there. Five. Yeah, sweet. Boom. Nice. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're so glad you're here. If you want, you can follow us, caffeinated underscore crime underscore podcast um and yeah we will be posting this soon so yeah this is <laughs> i don't know annabelle what and mandy signing <laughs> off i don't know what i'm gonna say at the end yet yeah you gotta come up with a little catch line like uh-huh. a catchphrase uh whatever um. like stay caffeinated and crime free or that's actually really good <laughs> I'm going to use that. Okay. Okay. Want to say it at the same time? No, because I won't always be here. I'm just your guest. Yeah, I know, but I'll say it with my guest anyways. Oh, okay. okay. Three, two. All of it together. Yeah. Stay caffeinated and cram free. Or wait, should I say stay caffeinated? So I'll say stay, you say caffeinated. Mm, I think we should say it all together. Okay. Stay Stay caffeinated caffeinated and and crime free. free. And... (laughs)